Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Do you bleed green? Are you an ultimate Eagles football fan? Well, you're in the right place. Well, you're in the right place. This is Birds 365, hosted by the new Mac and Mac, Jody McDonald and John McMullen. Here we go, here we go! Who collectively have covered and talked about more than 50-plus years of Eagles football. Kick off your day with Birds 365. You'll get debate. We love to argue. You'll get the real story from inside the locker room. And you'll hear from some of the great football minds from around the region. You're about to become an Eagles insider. Get in the game. Join Jody Mack and Johnny Mack and join the football community that flocks to Birds 365. Birds 365 starts right now. Welcome to the NFL. Let's go! Let's go! Go! And a good Monday morning, Birds fans. Thanks for streaming in here on Birds 365. Usually on Monday mornings, we've got a lot to talk about, about an actual game that has been played and how it went and how the Eagles did and everything else. Oh, it's a Monday morning, and we've got a lot to talk about, even though the Eagles haven't taken a snap in the last 24 hours, be it in a game or practice or anything else. A lot has gone down with the Philadelphia Eagles over the last 24 hours, and McMullen and McDonald are here to talk about it with you. J-Mac, I was on the air yesterday morning uh, with my other Mac buddy, Glenn Mac now. And in the midst of our Sunday morning uh, show, we get news that Jalen Hurts' condition is worsened, that he has been downgraded to questionable for the game, and that he's going to take his own charter jet out so as not to get any of his teammates sick. Oh, that didn't sound good. 
uh, that we had another JM Jeff McLean come on and go, Hey, at least he's getting on a plane. If he was that bad, they wouldn't yeah. have even sent him out there. So he, he spun it quasi optimistically thought that it couldn't get any bigger than that. But no less than an hour later, the Fox's Jay Glazer is reporting the Eagles have changed out their defensive coordinator. Sean Desai will still have the title, will still be in the building, but will be upstairs in the press box. And Matt Patricia, who, as I mentioned to uh, Glenn Mack yesterday, we hadn't mentioned it. We do the Eagles every single day, two hours every single day, Monday through Friday. We had not mentioned Matt Patricia's name. In months, in months, his name didn't come up on this show. It did last week just because of uh, Frank Reich. And should they bring him back in as a consultant? And we said, yeah, everybody hated when they brought Matt Patricia. What effect has Matt Patricia had on this team? Nothing. Oh, he's going to have a massive effect on the Eagles going forward, taking over as the defensive play caller. When you got the news yesterday, what was the first thing you thought? Uh, first thing I thought was panic, panic move. Uh, and I'm trying, and I'm interested to hear your take and some of your, your callers takes when they heard the news, uh, because there's a lot of ways you can go with this, but, um, none of them are good. None of them are good. Um, and you know, whether this is Nick Sirianni's decision by himself, whether Jeffrey Lurie stepped in, Howie Roseman stepped in, you can talk about that part of it. Um, you can talk about the impact on the defense and, and how that's gonna, gonna help. Um, the one thing I can say is, you know, it's baked in the defense is going to get better in the last month of the season. It has nothing to do with Sean Desai. It has nothing to do with Matt Patricia. It has everything to do with the schedule. So maybe the positive aspect is you, you, from a, from a, you know, human nature standpoint from a momentum standpoint you can play that because i guarantee you jody i guarantee you what the story is going to be in the playoffs and by the way the eagles clinch a playoff berth without playing yesterday um going into the playoffs the oh the defense has gotten better over the final month of the season and things are starting to look up and blah 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 you know that's because you're going to be playing who knows if geno smith is going to play uh um you might be trying playing Drew Locke. You're going to be playing Tommy Cutlets twice. You're going to be playing the Arizona Cardinals. And nobody's going to look at the context because they never look at the context. They're going to say, oh, it's gotten better the past week versus, you know, playing Buffalo and Dallas and all those teams. But yeah, that um, San Francisco team is the one. San Francisco. They're pretty led good on offense. Should have, should have led with them. Yeah. Um, so you get my point, though, and the, and the matter of fact, it's going to get better. Don't right. be fooled by that. Um, is it is it going to really get better? It's hard to get worse. So from that standpoint, okay. But, uh, you know, it, it's not good. It's not good. We're sitting here in week 15. Um, and uh, as you mentioned before we came on the air, Nick Sirianni's there this week. Hey, no, I got the people in the building. I got complete confidence. I got all the uh, not, you know, and Sean Desai, you know, talk about just why is he in the building? Why why is he accepting this? Um, um, from that standpoint of 
having all this power taken away, uh, basically made impotent on that side of the football. Now, the Eagles could have handled this better. If you think about Andy Reid, if you think about Doug Peterson, you know, you, you spin it like the offensive play call gives up play calling every once in a while. Doug did it. Nobody even knew. He, he let Rick Scangarella uh, do some uh, uh, red zone stuff. He let Press Taylor do some two-minute hurry-up stuff. Nobody even knew. You could have handled it that way uh, if it was just about trying to look for a spark or something of that nature. But no, you know, they went the way. And the bottom line is they could spin it and they're going to spin it moving forward. And we're going to see that unfold in the next, you know, few days and and next week. They're going to spin it in that type of fashion. Oh, we're just trying to create a spark. We're just trying to get a different look for Sean Desai, get him upstairs, blah, blah, blah. All of that. But the bottom line is he lost not only his play calling, but he lost his power over the defense. And that's now Matt Patricia's decision. So call him whatever you want. Use whatever title. We we joke about these titles all the time, whether it's Jamal Singleton as assistant head coach, Kevin Petullo as associate head coach. You know, I remember asking, what's, what's changed with Kevin Petullo? Oh, nothing. He just got a title bump. The Cheers title bump, I call it, from from the sitcom. Um, So I don't care what the titles say. Matt Patricia is the defensive coordinator in week 15. Right. The the change itself and how how we got there. He He doesn't have to talk. No accountability because technically he's not the defensive coordinator. So... Sean Desai essentially is his press secretary. They're going to route him out there on Wednesday or Friday next week. Oh, you think so? Yeah. Why Why would they? He's the defensive coordinator. Why would they do anything else? Sean Desai is still the defensive coordinator. So Matt Patricia, by league rules, does not have to talk to the media or reporters, as he hasn't done all season. But then what does Desai say on, on – it'd be Wednesday this week. Usually it's Tuesday coordinated for the Monday game, pushes it back. What the hell is Sean Desai going to say on Wednesday? My guess is what I just said. Go up to the booth, get a better look, get a better overview, get a spark. That's my guess. Really? Wow, that's that's going to be uh, – you, you should have fun on Wednesday. That's going to be an awkward and yet interesting uh, media session. All right, let, let's put the how did we get here behind us for just a second because the most important thing is what the hell happens on the field defensively for the Eagles tonight against the Seahawks. Um, the hiring of Sean Desai for me was pretty much a confirmation – that this defense going forward was going to be uh, Fangio-based, that he was much like his predecessor, Gannon, who was leaving to go to Arizona, that he too had coached under Vic Fangio, that the head coach had leaned in so heavily to, this is the defense that we want to play and not give up chunk plays. And it was pretty much stamped out there that this is the Eagles' defense. Yeah, the D.C. is going to change, but our overall philosophy and the way we play defense is not. This is the way the Philadelphia Eagles play defense right now. That hasn't been Matt Patricia. That hasn't been... And Matt Patricia hasn't had the chance to say, yes, coming here, I knew I had to change my way of looking at defense because I'm now part of the Philadelphia Eagle organization. He did it differently his entire time as a assistant in New England and as a head coach in Detroit. They didn't play Fangio-type defenses. 
what kind of defense are the Eagles going to trot out there tonight, John? Is it just going to be Fangio doing what the Eagles have done all year? Will there be a drastic change that you can see? Because if you're going to give him the power, you got to let him do what he wants. What's Eagle defense going to look like tonight against the Seahawks in Seattle? Uh, it's going to look the same. There's nothing he can do in a, in the time frame the Eagles gave him. He can't change anything. Um, it's going to be the same scheme, the same philosophy, just a different play color. Maybe he's got a better feel uh, for certain situations. You know, he's a veteran coach. He's a very good coach. He's been a very good defensive coach. I don't want to downplay that aspect of it. Um, but there's nothing he can do inside of a week. And we don't even know. We'll know eventually. We'll figure it out. But we don't even know when this happened. Now, Jay reported they quietly did it during the week. So if you look at the time frame, well, well, Tuesday. It was Tuesday because everything was screwed up this week because last week because of the game being on Monday night. Uh, so it was Tuesday when Nick did his uh, post-game uh, video press conference. And that's where he doubled down and said, he was asked right away, you plan on making any changes, mainly from the offensive side. He was asked about the offensive play calling. If you remember, we were talking about that last week. And he doubled down and said, nope, we got the people in the building. We, we, we're, we're very confident in everything. So Eagles didn't get back on the field till Thursday. Presumably, that's when they decided to make the change by that point. Presumably. Now, Sean decided looked the same on the sidelines from the from the you know, very short time uh, we were able to see practice. And the, it, it's very short. It was one day, um, you know, 10, 15 minutes, uh, but was not acting abnormal or in a different role. Didn't see anything changing from all that perspective. Um, but even if they made the decision by Thursday when they got back on the practice field, you remember they shifted from a walkthrough to an actual practice. So maybe that had something to do with it as well. Why are they practicing? You know, Nick blatantly lying to us and in, in, in front of everyone. And and people say, okay, you know, who cares about the media? I'm not, I don't give a crap. I'm gonna find out anyway. He's lying to you. He ain't I I, I don't care. He can do whatever he wants when he talks to media people, when he talks to reporters. But that's the vehicle where you get information as a fan. Right. He's lying to you if that's the way it shook out. Now, in hindsight, it certainly looks that way because they shifted from walkthrough to practice. And and I hope, by the way, that is the way it went because if they made this decision on Sunday when it came out, that's even a bigger disaster. Um, and, and makes less sense. So I hope it was Thursday. Um, and long term, you can't do anything in that time frame. So it's going to be the same defense, the same philosophy, although you're not going to have Darius Slay. We haven't even talked about that. You're not going to have Zach Cunningham. So Kaylee Ringo is going to be out there. Shaq Leonard's going to be out there. You know, and, and, and they're probably going to be better because the competition isn't as good. And you know, Seahawks, so, Seahawks offense is not bad. Might not be the Bills or the Niners or the Cowboys. The the, the drop off comes in the last three games. The Seahawks the, that that defense well, secondary right now against true. the four receivers the Seahawks have. You think this defense is holding them to under twenty points tonight? Well, uh, no, but I I well 
first of all, I got to see, do we know if Geno's playing? Cause I haven't seen anything. Um, I, first of all, I have to see who's playing quarterback. Obviously it's a little bit more difficult uh, with Geno Smith. Um, and, and I don't know how healthy he is. Um, he's certainly banged up, but I, I'm not a big Drew Locke guy. So it more has to do with, look, I think they're up against and if Drew Locke has to play quarterback, not that the Eagles have a good matchup in the secondary. The Eagles basically never have a good matchup in the secondary, certainly not against DK Metcalf and Tyler uh, Lockett and uh, in, in Jigba. So um, they're not going to have a good matchup from that perspective, certainly with uh, Kaylee Ringo getting thrown into the deep end of the pool. Um, which is the expectation. Um, so, yeah, but if it's true lock, it's true lock. And you're right. I mean, they're still better than the Giants. And, you know, Arizona, I don't if, – if Kyler Murray has a Superman game, that could be, you know, put an asterisk on that. He can do some things against anybody. But um, what can't be debated is the schedule gets much softer starting tonight than what it has been. So, um it's going to be better, but what does that mean in the final four weeks? Um, and and what is the signal of this move at this moment send not only to the team, but um, what does it say about Nick Sirianni? What does it say about Jeffrey Lurie? What does it say about Harry Roseman? Strange. Strange. strange strange is a very good way to describe it, and that's what it was like on the air yesterday when all this Eagle news came down. And, oh, by the way, we haven't even got to the quarterback yet and whether he is going to play tonight. Oh, by the way, I can pretty much guarantee Maybe that. they're trying to hide that, by the way. Oh, yeah, he ain't I guarantee that you that he's trying to hide. That's Nick Sirianni, Mr. Competitive No, 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 himself. I meant trying, trying to hide that Jalen was sick. I'm joking, but he would not be taking that trip if 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 he was by himself. No, yeah. no shot. Yeah. They're, they're, they're being they're being upfront. That's something different for the Philadelphia yeah. Eagles. Um, no, Nick Sirianni is going to attempt to keep the Jalen Hurts game time status as close to game time as possible. They're going to try and keep that under wraps because Nick believes in keeping the other team in the dark as much as he possibly can. He so overstates that. But, uh, yeah, that that will be a true game-time decision. Now, when we had Jeff McClain on yesterday, he said, uh, and it was just an opinion, him getting on the plane means that he reads into that. The Eagles think he's going to be okay by game-time. Uh, that's why they did what they did, and that if you had to say a yay or nay, McLean thought that uh, he was probably going to play tonight. I don't know that. I hope he's right, but I don't know that, and I don't know that any yeah, of I said the same thing. I, I think Jeff's right. I think that if there was any doubt, they wouldn't have making him take that trip. But, it, yeah, if you get sick, if you get worse, there's nothing you can do about it. I mean, it's not 100%, but I think it's a very good sign that he's going here's here's the one thing that was not in play yesterday and uh i see our buddy jeff cards ready to join us we'll punch him up in just a minute um when they made the decision he had to get on the plane cowboys hadn't lost to the bills yet if the cowboys had if they knew the cowboys were going to go to buffalo and get their tails kicked then they were going to have their advantage in the division reinstated maybe they tell Jalen, just say, get, get back in underneath the covers. Uh, take take this one off. We're, we've got a little wiggle room here. I, I, I'm just speculating here, uh, but it looks like Jalen Hurts is – I know he got on the plane. The question is, is he going to play? We won't know till game time. Here's what I know. 
Jeff Kerr from CBS Sports, our usual Monday early guy, is ready to hop on board. Usually it's post-game stuff. We got so much pre-game stuff to talk about. We're punching up Jeff Kerr from CBS Sports next there on Birds 365. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. At Pond Lee Hockey, we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients, and we're confident we can do the same for you. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, We've helped over 100,000 injured clients obtain some of the largest settlements in Pennsylvania. One conversation is all it takes to help you and your family get back on track. If you've been injured in an accident, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Underdog Fantasy has a way for you to play alongside your favorite football team all season long with their Fantasy Pick'em game. You pick between two to five players, select whether they'll go higher or lower on one of their stats, then do what you usually do on a Sunday. Watch the games. You can win up to 20 times your money in a single game by going five for five. It's a fantasy game. And the sports betting show wants you to get involved. Go to underdogfantasy.com. When you sign up, use the promo code WIN, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com. Use the promo code WIN. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. For the big story on Action News. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. E-A-G-L-E-S. Eagles. Johnny Mac and Jody Mac. Here with your Birds 365. We've got a game tonight, Eagles against the Seahawks, but there's a lot that's gone down leading up to that game. And here to give us his insight to it is uh, one of the best in the business, covering the National Football League, does it for CBSSports.com, our pal Jeff Kerr. Usually it's, what happened in the Eagle game, Jeff? Tonight it's not even what's going to happen in the Eagle game tonight. It's, what are the Eagles doing? 
John used the word in our in the first segment. I certainly concur. This smells of panic. Is that an accurate word, an overstatement, or an underselling of what the Eagles have done in the last 24 years, swapping out their defensive coordinator in week 15? Yeah, if you would have asked me about 12.30 yesterday, Jody, I think I would have agreed with you. And it, it does smell like a sense of panic, because it is. And then when I look up numbers, and I'm writing about how bad Sean Desai has been this year, and I just happened to start with week eight, and they're dead last in pretty much everything but points per game, and they're 31st in giving up 30 points per game. Is it a panic move, or is it the right move? It, it might be both. Um, so I'm looking at it as... I think it's a move that you don't do when you're 10 and three going into week 15. It doesn't feel right. doesn't sound right. But then when you're looking at the overall body of work, it's Sean design does not, does not deserve to be on this coaching staff right now. But he is on the coaching staff. Yeah, that makes no sense. Yeah. So, and, and he's still the defensive coordinator. I'm going to start by, calling by, him, by title. Joe. Yeah. What, what'd you call him yesterday? The press secretary, the press secretary. That's my new uh, designation for him because technically uh, we'll see how the Eagles handle it. But technically Matt Patricia is not the defensive coordinator. So he doesn't have a responsibility to talk to the media each week. If you're a coordinator, you have to talk to the media. So in theory, that's why I'm calling him the press secretary. Matt Patricia will continue to not talk to us. And Sean Desai, who has no power whatsoever, will will talk to us. That's why, hence, the press secretary. Um, but it, it, And that's the point. And you're right. But here's the thing, Jeff. We, we talked about this. Um, and by no means am I trying to say they should be as bad as they they are right now because it's been a disaster. They're, and when you think about what Nick Sirianni stresses, which is situational football, the fact that they're dead last in third downs and they're 30th in red zone, that tells you, all right, nothing's working. However, if you want to be realistic about it, again, when this schedule came out, we all talked about this gauntlet. And it has been a gauntlet, and it ends tonight. You could argue it ended last week. We'll see how Seattle performs. Um, and they struggled mightily against some really good offensive teams, starting with San Francisco. I apologize to San Francisco. Um, and some really good offensive teams. And and Dallas, people are going to say, look what they did, Buffalo. Well, yeah, they averaged 40 points a game at home. The Eagles played them in AT&T Stadium, not in the crappy weather of Western New York. So I feel like the context, what I'm trying to say, is missed in everything. And it is baked in. It is literally baked in that this defense will be better. If if Matt Patricia's running it, Sean Desai's running it, Jeff Kerr's running it, Jody Mack's running it, it's going to be better over the final month of the season. So mark my words, Jeff, you're going to have that narrative. Oh, the Eagles have gotten so much better because they're playing, you know, playing Tommy Cutlets who can't <laughs> put two feet in front of them, except when he's running the ball occasionally. Um, it's going to get better. Does it matter? I'm glad you pointed that out. I, I, I am glad you pointed that out, John. Like, so – I, this is why I tweeted what I tweeted yesterday during while Buffalo was blowing out Dallas. The Eagles really don't get enough credit for being the Bills. They, they don't. Uh, they played them on six days rest. They were down 10 points. Jalen Hurts willed that team back to a victory. 
They beat the Chiefs in Kansas City. You're right. It, it takes a toll on you. Oh, by the way, before the bye week, they survived Dallas. Uh, you know, Dallas could have easily won that game. They made mistakes and didn't. But you're right. It, it, oh, by the way, they also played the 49ers on 10 days rest, and they played the Cowboys on 10 days rest. Uh, they're not going to get 10 days rest on the play. Maybe Sam Fran will because of all the bye week. But actually, no, because if the Eagles are a two seed, then they'll play them on regular rest. So, I yeah. And this defense is going to get better just by merit. Uh, if it's Drew Locke tonight, this defense is going to look amazing. And we're all going to say, look how great they are. Well, with Matt not me. Not yeah. me. Uh, well, and I disagree with both of you. If you think this uh, defense is going to look amazing tonight just because of the opposition, they got talent. They got players. Uh, Drew Locke isn't as good as G neither Geno Smith or, or Drew Locke or uh, franchise quarterbacks, but Locke actually moved the ball against San Francisco last week, filling in for Geno Smith. Uh, I got news for you. CJ and uh, CJ Gardner is not coming through the door tonight. TJ Edwards is not coming through the door tonight. This defense is not as good as last year's defense. And I'll tell you, it's as much as defections that the Eagles chose to let walk out the door as free agents as it is Sean Desai and or his system or the way that he coaches this defense is just not as good. I don't think just because the opposition is going to get easier than it has been that they're all of a sudden going to jump up tonight and hold the Seattle Seahawks at 10 points. I don't see that happening. Now, now Jody, hindsight is 20-20 here, but do you think this defense would be better if Denar Wilson was defensive coordinator instead of Sean? Yes. Scott? How about you, John? Oh, yeah. No no question. Um, yeah. They made They made a poor decision. But, you know, now you can go back and because everything, as you mentioned, 2020 hindsight. Now everything kind of pops up in your mind, starting with Denard Wilson going all the way back in the decision they made. I even go back to remember they moved to Lincoln Financial Field um, during training camp for a practice because Nick Sirianni wanted to work on communication with the coaching staff because it didn't look good. Um, Howie Roseman was screaming at the side to get the right people on the field. Now people are talking about his presence, you know, coming off Jim Swartz, who walks around the building like he's a head coach, coming off JG, who, you know, walks around the building like he's a former defensive back. Um, they're starting to throw him under the bus, and they still stay here. So my larger question is, why are they handling it the way they're handling it? If you want to fire the guy, fire the guy. Get him out. Get him yeah, out you know, of the building. You know why? Because they don't want to admit they're wrong, and he's under a four-year contract, so they don't want to pay him. That doesn't seem like Jeffrey Lurie. It, it I, doesn't, but, I mean, it, don't you think it's funny, John, when you look at all the decisions in the grand scheme of things, there's one guy Jeffrey Lurie protects more than anybody else, and that's Howie Roseman. And that's not wrong with that because Howie Roseman's been doing the, a good job, but it, it's if you're against Howie Roseman, he's going with Howie Roseman. But now that might explain, Jeff, why Sean Desai doesn't walk out in disgust because he wants to get paid his contract and you don't want to, you know, uh, if you just walk out, they can say you're you're fired no for cause and not have to not have to pay him. But from Jeffrey's standpoint, everything is about winning the Super Bowl. And this, you know, this is a weird disconnect and, and it can't be good for the team. So he's not willing to bite the bullet. This is guy who bit the bullet on Carson Wentz's contract. I got to believe he'll bite the bullet bullet on Sean Desai's if that's now, what the head coach. Do you, do you think Gloria Roseman listened to what some of the players said about Sean Desai on and off the record? Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. 
Because I, 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 I think this is a player-led decision, personally. Now, you know, and it, I talk about it, you think about everything. Now I start thinking about Josh Sweat's comment last week about um, he's not used to the lack of discipline uh, on the defensive line with the pass rush. You know, everything starts well, so to creep So you think in. that was a shot at the side, not at his teammates? I actually thought Josh was throwing his teammates under the bus. You can take it any way. That's what I'm saying. Now with yeah. all these open-ended doors, I can take it as I, it was a shot on the coordinator. I, I, I think Josh Sweat decided to bite the bullet for a lot of younger players on that team. I, I really do. Now, I should have asked this right away, so I'll ask both of you. Who made this decision? Was it Nick Sirianni, Jeffrey Lurie, Howie Roseman? Howie Who Roseman made this decision. Howie Roseman made that decision, and I think they made that decision after Nick defended Sean Desai on Tuesday. I think they went back and because remember they had an extra day to prepare, so who knows what went on that Wednesday? But I think they said, "Hey Nick, we're going to make this change. We we don't care what you just said." Remember, Doug Pearson did this with Mike Rowe. Mike, Mike Rowe. Rowe. Well, yeah. that's what I brought up yesterday on Twitter. So is this Nick Sirianni's Mike Rowe, where he just said these? These freaking guys just embarrass me. I just went out there and doubled down on Sean Desai, and they Mike rode me. Does this start the disconnect between the front office and and Nick Sirianni? That's what happened with Doug. You know, what I, would, you know what I would say if I was Nick Sirianni, even if I got embarrassed by what I said to the media, you can call me a liar, whatever. Hey, I'm still getting paid. I'm still the head coach of the Philadelphia Eagles. Yeah, but these coaches are loyal to the guys under them. They really are. You don't have to look any further back than Doug Peterson and how loyal he was to the guys who were under him. And when he thinks they're being mistreated from above or he's having his hand forced, yeah, it can get contentious pretty quick. Here's how I'd answer your question, John, and you guys would have to answer a question for me. How much was Siri involved, Sirianni involved in hiring a Matt Patricia, do you think? Uh, I think he's hired every single assistant to this point. Um, what um, you you think he was the driving force behind Patricia, yeah. not Howie? Yes, yes. Yeah, um, I, I think he wanted the veteran coach in there on that defense. So I would go, yeah. Okay, then then I'm not going to put this all on Howie's doorstep. That Sirianni must have been consulted and involved in this because I I don't. Uh, if he wanted Patricia here, he had to know because Nick's a pretty smart guy, that at some point this year there could be – shoot, the day we, we announced that we were – he's going to be looking over Sirianni's shoulder. Uh, excuse me, he's going to be looking over the Shai's shoulder. You got a guy who's a Super Bowl coordinator. Compared and by to the way, we were we were right. Time. He should have been looking over his shoulder. Right. We were right. We asked Sean Desai that throughout training camp. You know, what's it like having Matt Patricia there? And he was getting frustrated because at one point he said, you guys ask me this every time. I remember that. Well, we're right. We turned out to be right. And we were asking it for a reason because one guy has far more experience and and more success. um, And here we are uh, today. But I will say from the overall standpoint, and this is not about Matt Patricia, not about Sean Desai, um, bring up every coach. The old, there's a million cliches in, in, in around the NFL. One of them is it's the Jimmy's and Joe's. It's not the X's and O's. Um, they don't have a ton of talent on the back end of this defense. I, I feel like way too many people think these 
our guys manipulating joysticks and all of a sudden everything's fixed. That that's my biggest concern. Generally, when you do these types of things, and everyone will look at Joe Brady and Buffalo coming off one game. Everybody's so overreactive with one game. It generally doesn't help that much. Is this going to help all that much? So on the Joe Brady thing, I'm glad you brought him up. Buffalo's using a lot more motion with Joe Brady, but he's still, but you're right, the talent's there. I, I agree with you, John. I'm not seeing the talent. Um, outs, look, Darren Slay's having a good year. Uh, he's right. Uh, people don't want to admit it. He's right. I know James Bradbury's not having a good year, and he's 30. Who's behind that? Uh, Daily Ringo, you're uh, up. Wonderful. wonderful. Josh Joe, wonderful. You know, you look, look, I'm not here to rip these guys because they're young players and they need time, but they're just not it. And, you know, Kevin Byard isn't what they thought he was going to be. Um, not yet. But yeah, maybe not, will be as they start to play crappier teams. You know, John, I agree with you though. I think they should have played Sidney Brown early and from the get-go because I, I think the kid can play and they, they gotta see what he got, but they won't do it. And I think you guys are under selling Seattle coming in tonight, uh, and their offense. Uh there's there's a drop off from San Francisco, Buffalo, Dallas to Seattle. I'm surely gonna acknowledge that, but they're not playing the the Tommy Cutlet-led Giants just yet. They got four really talented wide receivers and two pretty damn good backs. Uh, I, I think the the defense. They also have a really bad offensive line too. That's an evergreen <laughs> statement with the Seahawks. It's um it's amazing they can't fix their offensive. Line. How many tweets are we gonna get tonight, John? You got social media. Wait, Jason Pierce is on this line. Yeah, yeah he's starting. All right, then then let me ask you both this question because John and I have kind of disagreed on this one. We get it. The linebackers, number one, they should never let TJ Edwards walk out the door. They've been plugging guys in that they picked up off the street. Uh, they haven't committed any resources to it. The secondary stone cold mess, except for Darius Slay. Oh, he's not playing tonight. So the rest of the secondary is very much in play. The defensive line has not played well this year, period. End of sentence, end of paragraph, end of story. But because the, the seven guys behind them have been significantly worse, I think they're getting a free pass. Their, their defensive line was supposed to be the most dominant unit in the National Football League this year. I haven't seen that. If they've been doing it, they've been hiding it from me. How big is tonight's game for the defensive line, Jeff Carr? You know what? I I like how you point that out. I'm going to point this out, too, with this defense. This defense was built to have leads in the second half. How many leads in the second half have yeah. they had the last six weeks? Not many. Um, Who are the Cowboys, by the way? And you saw what happened to the Cowboys when they yeah. had to play from behind. Yeah, um, exa exactly. And on the road. Uh, I, yeah. I should add on that. But yeah, I think it's huge for the defensive line tonight. I mean, Josh Sweat looks tired, and I think he – I mean, John, were you down there? You were down Dallas last week, right? I was not. Oh, okay, yeah. Was it Ed? I, I didn't one of you guys was down there. No, Ed didn't go either. Oh, so either. Martin, Martin went. Martin was there, yeah. Yeah, yeah. because I remember, like, reading, like, some of the Josh Sweat transcript, and then I listened to it. It sounded like he was really tired. Hassan Reddick's still balling out. Um, but they have no depth behind them. I think Jalen Carter, not that he's hit a rookie wall, he's still playing really well, but, you know, it's he's not as dominant, I guess, as he was early in the year. Butcher Cox is older, but it, you're right. It, it just doesn't feel like the same defensive line as last year. But, of course, last year at this time, the defensive line is 
felt like they were getting five, six sacks a game, and they're not now, and they're not getting the pressure because they are trailing a lot. And I, I just think it it just all correlates to you got to get off to a fast start with this team, and they just haven't done it. So you know where I'm going to go, Jeff Carr. They march out to the field, midfield, before the kickoff. <laughs> Captain's in the house. J- Jody, I have a CBS personality that agrees with everything you said who covers the Cowboys. Uh, Jared Dubin from CBS, he texted me yesterday when the game started, the Dallas Buffalo game, and said Dallas should receive this and they should go right down the field and score. And he said, I hate when teams do this on the road. And, I, and I'm thinking, like, you know, Jody McDonald tells me this every week. Yeah. And and I'll I'll do it again. I said it last week. I've said it. And and again, I'm not like the Eagles. This is my big complaint about the Eagles because they do it by rote. It just isn't even contemplated. There is no thought given to the situation, the matchup of the game. I don't do it that way. There are weeks where I absolutely say Eagles win the toss. They should defer. They should uh, put the defense out there first. Not last week against the Cowboys and not tonight against the Seahawks. If they win the coin flip, if they're going to be crazy enough to swap out their defensive coordinator in week number 15, why can't you be crazy enough to go, yeah, you know what? Give us the football. Even though all the analytics tell us, well, you got to get it at the end of the first half and start the second half, and that's how you win games. Throw it all out the window. Where the rules are, there are no rules for the Philadelphia Eagles. Take the ball tonight. Tell me there's a chance that happens, Jeff Kerr. I've got twenty-five percent chance it happens. Twenty-five. I, I, I'll go I'm twenty. Going, I, I'm going two point five. Two. Uh, all right. <laughs> I, I, I will say this, and, and that—that's probably high. I'd take the under on two point five. So, Jay, here's a funny story for you. I know it's just high school basketball here, but as a coaching staff, as a member of a coaching staff in high school basketball, we always talk about after after the tip off and stuff. Do we get the ball? Do we get the ball? Do we get the ball? We want the ball. Uh, we want to score. We don't want to say, oh, no, let's give the opponent the ball so they can score and t- take an early advantage of the quarter. So, I mean, your theory does have merit. It's just not what the Eagles are going to do. Um, we brought up Denard Wilson a little bit. Um, and, you know, I think not only about him being the coordinator, but, you know, if you think about him as a secondary coach and player development and how guys played under his uh, sort of domain, I don't think this defensive collapse is all about um, one guy. And that's the problem I have with scapegoating, especially scapegoating in season. Um, and I talked to Jody a lot. I said, if the Eagles underachieve, oh, there, there's going to be a scapegoat. I didn't expect one in week 15, but I expected one after the season. If they're one and done in the playoffs, oh, there was going to be a scapegoat and probably more than one. Um just from that standpoint, what do you think of that message? And that is directly to Jeffrey Lurie's office, who's a great owner. And people can go on Jacob Sports and hear me talk about Jeffrey Lurie all the time. He's 95% good, but he ain't good when it comes to stuff like this. And he scapegoats people when the expectations aren't met. What, what type of message does that send to the organization? Uh, that's a good question. So I, I think it sends nobody's job is safe. If you're firing, essentially firing a guy in week 15 for, I, I know it's more than two bad weeks of football, but they basically made this decision of, okay, these are the teams that are 
<clears throat> our biggest roadblocks to going back to the Super Bowl, the San Francisco 49ers and the Dallas Cowboys. And they just beat the pants off of us. We're going to blame somebody for it. And look, I just look at it this way. Nick Sirianni's job. Look, it'll be safe this year, but in the long term, is it? If they do this again, it, it you have to wonder this stuff. Like, you're right, John. This is a pan. It, if you look at the grand scheme of it, it is a panic move. But when you look at the numbers, it does make sense why they did it. But someone was to get blamed for this. He's not going to go blame Darius Slay. He's not going to go blame. He certainly isn't blaming Jalen Hurts or Brian Johnson. It just felt like this was the guy that, hey, look, we had the number two defense last year, and now we're, what, 27th, 28th? Nah. It's you. It's you. Sean By the way, we're we're 43 minutes into the show. I haven't spiked the football on a certain former defensive coordinator, but I won't do it. <laughs> oh, do oh, uh, you mean the guy in Arizona that was leaving um, – Defensive backs wide open and hasn't had a sack. His team hasn't had a sack in three games and like. Oh, there we go. They can't stand him. He was he was good here. I'm going to tell people this: there, Jonathan Gannon was the best defensive coordinator the Eagles had since Jim Johnson. I don't care what anybody says. Ooh, now you're spitting in Jim Schwartz's face. All right, um, here I I do want to re revisit one thing, and then we should actually talk about tonight's game. Um, Denard Wilson, you guys are reporters. I'm just a reactor. When they decided to go Sean Desai's route instead of Denard Wilson, what was the the actual, could Denard Wilson have stayed as the Eagles defensive backs coach? He wasn't. Because there was varying reporting that Wilson would have thought about staying, but Sirianni said, yeah, no, this is not going to work. You want the defense coordinator job, I'm not giving to you. Yeah, why don't we just shake hands and go our separate ways? Sirianni made the call. Because let's be honest, the defensive secondary stinks. You want to put it all on Sean Desai? He's the he's the catch-all blame now. Uh, somehow Sean Desai has made James Bradbury into a well-below-average quarterback after he was all pro last year. Okay, you want to go down that road? I'm not sure that that's the way to look at it. Desai's kind of the entire defense coordinator. D.K. McDonald hadn't done anything to impress anybody. Denard Wilson was dynamite defensive backs coach last year. All right, you didn't give him the head coaching job, but I know I read several reports that said he wasn't looking to move on from Philadelphia. They liked it here. He'd be disappointed, but he'd keep doing what he was doing, and Sirianni blew him out. How do you remember that going down, both of you two reporter guys? Go, Jeff. Coach. Hey, you can go first if you want. Um, I, 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 from the standpoint of look, I think they chose um, Sean over Denard because they wanted to stick with the Bangio scheme, and Denard wanted to do. Uh, he wanted to evolve it, which, by the way, I don't think is a bad thing. Not right. that Not he didn't want to use it. Uh, uh, he wasn't going to go away from it completely. Just wanted to do some different things that Nick wasn't comfortable with. Now, as far as coming back as the secondary coach, yeah, at that point, I think it was Marcus, Marcus Hayes, our buddy, who, who um, you know, talked about Sirianni for one of the few times in a negative fashion. Yeah, my assumption is um, 
he he didn't like like I talk about it all the time with Josh McDaniels and Howie Roseman back and then they would say yeah we're going to get along and I think that the assumption was from Jeffrey Lurie at some point these two are just going to blow up and I by the way I think Jeffrey Lurie was right I think that was Nick's assumption he doesn't get the job at some point this is going to be an issue let's just move on turn the page uh, but they got worse because of it you know and who knows what would have happened. Yeah, right. but that but that's on Sirianni's record. If yeah. you make that oh, yeah. you make oh, that oh, call, yeah. that's fine. You're you're looking into the future, saying this could get dicey somewhere down the road. Yeah, and then yeah. you're hiring somebody else, and he comes in and isn't good. That's on you, coach. That, that yeah. was your call and to and, make. and and DK was here. DK was the assistant. Uh, just got promoted, but uh, yeah, it hasn't worked out. So it's definitely yeah, it's definitely on Nick's record. I don't, I don't you know what I'm kind of getting tired of hearing about the big fans you have disciples. They're not the real thing. Um, you know, as not the real to... thing isn't the real. Who gives well, a crap? The, 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 the scheme, every scheme gets caught up to. Whether it's it, Tony Dungy's cover two, Pete Carroll's cover three, Mike Zimmer's A gap crap. Um, every single defense gets caught up with at some point and then you got to adjust and you got to go to the next thing and that, that's where you're right about denar wilson he wanted to modify it. he wanted to make it better and he's doing that with mike mcdonald and ball by the way mike mcdonald might be an nfl head coach next year um what he's doing over there no, he well i always worry got a better him. chance than the two guys here in philadelphia which oh you know eagles could be going through the same thing again with uh brian williams this way the Eagles, one will be out the door and the other one will be lucky to still have his job when this season's over and done with. I, I don't think Brian's in any. Uh, I don't think he is here. I, I actually think Brian Johnson's doing a better yeah, job so than people I. think. Uh, yeah. Now, I would like to see. Really? More. Why? Is the Eagles offense not as good as it was last year? No, well, it's it, was not hard, a, it was hard to match what last year did. Uh, yeah. Again, they the same thing about the defense. The Jordan Tide's going to be eating popcorn up in the press box tonight. I, they look, were the number two defense. I, I Johnny Boy, Johnny Gannon doing the job. All right. And so we're, we're, is, we, could, we can judge the defense. This is where I defend. defense coordinator at the door. But we can cut the offense coordinator slack and go, hey, you can't match. Well, he defense. still has a top 10 offense. And yeah. the Eagles are, are, are number three in third down offense. They're number one in fourth down offense. They're pretty good in the They're red top zone, top 10 in red zone offense. Again, Nick Sirianni is about situational football. Are they as good as last year? No, but they're still damn good. On defense, it's the exact opposite. Yeah, They're but terrible. Here's, well, here's a defensive problem. How many defensive starters left this team during this Five. season? It's not my how fault. Many how many offensive starters left this team? A couple. Uh, Isaac say Miles. Two. Yeah, two. two. Miles and, and Miles. Uh, Isaac. Okay, so who who had a tougher task, Desai or Brian Johnson? No question, Sean Desai, and I've been saying it all the all the. It's not my fault when the organization itself. Forget about the fan base. It's not my fault when the organization organization itself overrates the talent on hand. Um, they they overrated the talent on hand. They still do. They think Matt Patricia is going to be a magic fix. Not the organization. That's more the fan base. But they know they're up against it from a defensive standpoint. Um. T.J. Edwards made another big play in that Chicago game. He's a monster. T.J. Edwards is a, is a good player, and yeah. the Eagles found him. They discovered yeah. him. 
By, by the way, I am disrespecting Jim Schwartz a little bit with the whole job against best defensive coordinators in the shoe again. Yeah, Jim, Jim, Jim Schwartz was Jim's, really good here. Jim's Jim's better. Um yeah. but um Jim's yeah, Jim's a great coordinator. Um but Browns, I, I, the Browns might win the Super Bowl because of Jim Schwartz. And they had Joe Flacco quarterback. They're not, not, they're not, ready, yeah. not ready to go there just yet. Yeah. But it helps when you have Miles Garrett, who I saw in person. Boy, oh boy, what a what a player. What what a player, Miles Garrett. Perfect oh, that, marriage. That, with, that, that, with that whole team, that, that, that defense is just incredible. It, yeah. it, it, it's an incredible unit. Yeah, but sh- yeah, it, they should have tried to get C and CJ's a pain in the you know what, but yeah, they should have tried to get him back and tried to work it out. And you know, maybe they should have subscribed to their theory about over 30 players with at least one with Bradbury and Slay, maybe bring one back, not the other. Blah, blah, I, I feel blah. like if this was if Andy Reeve was here, I don't think Darius Slate or James Bradbury are on this. Team. It's possible. It's possible. But he no doubt, Jody, to your point, he had a tougher road to hoe. But that ain't that ain't that ain't my fault. I mean, that ain't my fault that they overrated or underrated the talent that was here. Even Marcus Epps. Why let Marcus Epps? That was a very um uh palatable contract. They could have paid Marcus Epps and not thought about it. The guy Oh, was an Iron Man. The guy who got who got paid more this offseason, Epps or Edwards? I think Epps by a little bit. Yeah. I if Epps's number is that number, I'm gonna let Epps walk out the door. But I'm keeping Edwards. Edwards is a difference maker. Epps is a solid role player. Uh that was the bigger part. Uh, they, there was no chance of but, they, but they could, Edwards, they they could use that solid Epps. role player in that secondary right now. TJ got a little bit more. I did two years, twelve million. Uh, so six million a year for Marcus Epps. So so TJ um, got six and a half. Six then. and a half. Yeah. Uh, both of them. Very. They could have done both. Is my point. Um, and they didn't want to, and that's fine. Um, but they made the decisions they made. And by the way, you know, then if you want to make that decision and let Marcus Epps, it's not that big of a deal because you're right. He's not as good a player as uh, TJ is, but. He was solid for this team last year. Then go with Sidney Brown, your red star prospect that I've been talking about. From- Is he red? Was it red star or gold star? I can't remember what they it's red, red yeah. star. That's their own designation. That basically is a little bit different than, you know, it basically means he's everything they want on the field and off the field. So he's got uh, all the off the field stuff as well. And they think so highly of this player, they won't put him out there. All right, let him learn on the job. Um, and maybe that changes moving forward, but yeah, you can look, we, you know, we had all given and myself included gave Howie Roseman a second consecutive executive of the year award. Well, he probably ain't going to win it now. Um, you know, you know, another position, the Eagles really overvalued, um, this year and we've talked about it, but it, it's obviously been going on the back burner because of the whole defense thing, the running back position. Oh yeah, um, they, they, you know they don't play Rashad Penny. They're not going to play Rashad Penny. They think Kenny Gainwell's the second coming of something. Uh, I don't know what. And Boston. Oh, here's my DeAndre out. Swift. That yeah, yeah. Go go off on DeAndre Swift, Jeff. Well, DeAndre Swift isn't as productive for the Eagles as Miles Sanders was. So I'm just gonna let. The, I'm not saying he's better. But no, I actually had an Eagles fan tell me on Twitter DeAndre Swift was better than James Cook, and I just laughed. No, it's not. Not after last night's game. You don't want to go there. But I've been saying since Tuesday, Jeff, this has to be a DeAndre Swift night. 
The it Eagles, has to be. It, it, yeah, I agree with you. It has to be. They, they need to dedicate themselves to proving that they are still the Eagles, that they can take their offensive line when they're best in the business and just drive block it right down the Seattle Seahawks' throat. That's what – and this was before Jalen Hurts came up with a temperature of 101, 102, 103. Who the hell knows what he's got as far as sickness goes. Just run DeAndre Swift down the Seahawks' throats tonight. You know is, what upsets me about Is that? Brian Johnson going to be smart enough to do that? That would be my question, you two Brian Johnson fans, who I think is doing a mediocre job at best as their offensive play call this year. Is he going to be smart enough to hand the ball to – RPO it if you want. Don't know how much Seattle's going to buy that, knowing Jalen's not 100%. But however you're going to get it to him, however you're going to give it to him, DeAndre Swift for 23 carries tonight. You know, this is where my discontent comes with Brian Johnson. DeAndre Swift's a really good pass catching back. Can they at least kind of set him up? Or is that, or are we going to blame the quarterback for that? Because I feel like. I'm blaming the quarterback for that. Uh, he doesn't like throwing it to the backs. He just doesn't like it's not in his nature. It, it, by the time he gets to the back, um, it's it's he's going to do something else. He's either going to extend the play and look downfield to one of his uh, big playmakers, or he's going to run the football himself. If you want to blame Brian Johnson for that, if you want the running, if you want the run, if you want the ball in DeAndre Swift's hand, it's got to be bubble screen. It's got to be wheel route. It's got to be designed for DeAndre Swift. It's not going to be dump off. He's not a dump off guy. And by the way, there's nothing wrong with that. He's a phenomenal quarterback. So people are going to get upset. He doesn't dump it off because he doesn't need to dump it off because he doesn't need six yards because he's probably getting eight yards or he's probably getting a bigger play down the field. So, yeah. Uh, Domino and I have had that discussion many times. I, he's not a dump off guy. He's never going to be a dump off. He wasn't a dump off guy at Alabama. He wasn't a dump off no. guy at Oklahoma. Maybe so if he's 35 at the end of his career, maybe he turns into a dump off guy. But right now, he's not a dump off guy. He's just you not. know, Yo, Yo's a good dump off guy that doesn't win a lot of big games. Dak Prescott. Yeah. Well, you know, he's, he's coming off a bad game. By the yeah. way, to yeah. Jody's running points, because I know I'm gonna get, I'm I'm gonna be pre um, preemptive to set joiner because I know what I'm getting today, um, pre-game, post-game show. Oh, why don't you run the ball like Buffalo on Dallas? I, I'm not even gonna bring up the environment. Buffalo would have had a completely different game plan if the game was at AT and T Stadium. The key point is they got a lead, as you mentioned, Jeff Kerr. If the Eagles are up two, three scores, oh. It's going to look good in a final box score for the run. It's going to look real good. It's going to look really, really good. Are we going to cut the Eagles slack tonight because the game's not at the link? They can't possibly think they're going to run it because they're on the road. That's not what I said. No, I didn't say you said it. I'm asking you, are you going to go there, John? Because you're going to, you've already said that uh, Buffalo was able to do it because they were home. Does that mean the Eagles can't do it tonight? No, I said Buffalo would have a a better game plan. Anytime Buffalo, Buffalo doesn't have a history of running the football well. So, you know, James Cook has looked like his brother in his prime, you know, uh, and very shifty back, uh, tremendously talented. and they have a history. I mean, at some at some points, they didn't even run the ball at all with Josh Allen in years previously. They're the same as everybody else. They they run the football to get the lead. Dallas is the same way. 
Dallas wants to play from the league with, with, with all we just talked about with all the light players they have on defense with the three safety defense. Um, and, it, and when they don't, it's, it's past the lead, run the win. Yeah. Nobody, nobody in this league has had more 200 yard rushing games than the Philadelphia Eagles in the Nick Sirianni era. And everybody in this stinking city thinks they don't run the ball. They don't run the ball when they don't have efficiency early running the ball. When they're losing, they don't run the ball. Fair. That's fair to point out. They don't come into a game saying, I don't want to run the ball. If they're not running the ball, it's because they're not efficient at it and they're losing. Well, John, this is why I got so upset when the whole run the ball thing came out the week going into Dallas. Did they? Did these people not watch that 49ers game where they ran the ball, got two yards, ran the ball, got two yards? It didn't matter who it was. They weren't running the ball efficiently at all. It was basically you were running into a wall and you were done. Like, and I don't blame Brian Johnson saying, okay, this ain't working, um, so let's try something else. And you just don't run the ball and get two yards. What, what, we get six downs now to, to get a first down? <laughs> Yeah, seriously, like, like, is is this where, like, I, I'm just saying, just from coaching other sports, like, okay, but well, why does it, it work? The assumption, the assumption, it seems to me, for all the run the ball people, is you're going to do it efficiently. Oh, if you just hand it off, you're going to be efficient at it. Well, the Eagles have had some issues recently, but no team has had more 200 yard rushing games. You're the stat guy, Jeff. Am I lying? Yeah. No, no, no you're absolutely right. The Eagles have 15, and I think the next highest team is 11. And I think it's about. I, 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 it's bizarre to me. It is bizarre the way I I, I don't you, understand. You know why the Ravens ran for 200 yards in the second, yard, in the second half last night? Because they had 10 nothing lead, and they could do it. They weren't trailing in that game. Jacksonville made themselves trail in that game. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Buffalo. Buffalo has a big lead. They close it out. Yeah. San Francisco did it yesterday. They, they were up 21 13 and a half time. They said, you know what? We got Kirsten McCaffrey and you don't. So we're just going to run the ball down your throats. Oh, Brock Purdy had a minor shoulder injury. But when they did set up the pass, George Kill was wide open. Right. And the, the whole thing about running the ball, it, it's a cutting edge. When do you pull the plug? When do you admit? All right, we're not running effectively. We got to go pass heavy. Uh, I know when you sometimes do it. Like that's very debatable. Sometimes yeah. you can pull the plug too early. And I think the Eagles have, and I think it's a fair and legit criticism. But but uh, I'll say this, Jody. If you're running the ball in first down, first and 10, 
you don't gain a yard or or you, you only gain one and second and nine. Are you running again or are you passing? Well, you can pass, and then if you get five, now you're back in the same decision on third and three. You're running or passing. It all depends uh, on In today's the... NFL, you're passing on third. Uh, today's NFL, well, I'd pass Fourth them. and one, you should be passing, right? Oh, no, they have the ability to run the football with Jalen Hurts. So and running. they do. They do run the football with Jalen Hurts. On okay, so basically you think DeAndre Smith stinks. Is uh, DeAndre Smith. Uh, DeAndre Swift stinks. By you the way, did you see you uh, Minnesota's yet. attempt at the tush push? In oh, that overtime? was pathetic. Oh, that was the greatest. So I had someone say, I'm overreacting to the tush push and everything. I'm like, no, I'm not, because I'm told it's not a football play by a certain fan base, not Eagles fans, by the way. I'm told it's not a football play. Those plays shouldn't count. It's not aesthetically pleasing. It should be banned. That's well, bullshit. Absolute honestly, bullshit. Shouldn't be banned. Uh uh, but I, I, I've said from day one, it shouldn't be banned because of the Eagles' success is how I should. I don't care if they ban it because the Eagles are going to get quarterback sneaks anyway. They were 35, a stink of 37 with Carson Wentz. That, everybody forgets that. They, yeah. they're just regular quarterback sneaks. Um, when, you're, when your center's getting blown into the backfield, two yards, hey, yeah, you stink at the quarterback sneak. When you when you when you use your smallest guy to push, you know you probably look at the head coach. What are you doing? You got a fullback. You're one of five teams that has a fullback. Maybe you're using fullback the push. Go. Yeah, and, I'm not. Um, I, I just like how the Bills pushed in Latavius Murray yesterday. Yeah. Score. Well, Josh Allen doesn't need it either. He doesn't. Oh, need I, it. and Allen had a great one yesterday. He let everyone believe he was going up the middle. He yeah. took a step back. He veered to his yeah, got like yeah, 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 yeah. wide open hole in the middle yeah, of the he line. He was going into the A push. gap and went to the B. It was all yeah. like, I, I love how people like to discredit good things Josh Allen and Jalen Hurts do that no one else can do. Yeah, and Josh the, Allen the, is phenomenal. Um, if he could get a corral on, on the reckless plays – he, he'd be the best quarterback in football. He's the hardest I mean, quarterback. And, and you know what, All, all John, apologies to Jalen Hurts. Yeah. Josh Allen is the hardest Yeah, you know what, John? I, I, I've talked to Josh Allen a bunch of times about this before, and he said – I he Josh Allen says he thinks about this pretty much every day. Like, how can I not turn the football over? Maybe he's yeah. overthinking. Oh, he didn't yesterday. All right, Jeff Carr, on the record, all this stuff – Another word we could have used uh, has come down with the Philadelphia Eagles in the last 24, 48 hours. No slay, Jalen questionable, this eye out, Patricia in. All of it mixed in together. Now you got the Seattle Seahawks kicking off at 820 tonight at about 1130. There'll be a final score. What do you think it is? I said the Eagles would win by 10. Um, I, I just think they're a better football team. I, I think they're actually going to build a lead tonight. Maybe they will receive the start, Jody. That's not going to happen. but. I just think they're a better football team, and I think they're a significantly better football team if Drew Lock is the starting quarterback for the Seattle Seahawks tonight, which it looks like it's trending that way, by the way. I'm scared. All right, Mac and I will make our picks. Uh, by, the way, by the way, guys, I have a question for you. The last time the Eagles beat the Seahawks in Seattle, who was the Seahawks quarterback? Seneca Wallace. There, there. John McMullen got it. Really? He, he does his homework. Yep. <laughs> Okay. Yeah, I didn't know. Last time they beat the Seahawks in Seattle, the Phillies were winning the World Series. Donovan McNabb against Seneca Wallace. Deshaun Jackson had a touchdown catch in that game. As Nick Sirianni might say, what the hell does that have to do with A.J. Brown? He's got a point. But here's one that Nick Sirianni can't refute. It has some influence. Not a ton, but some. 
They just don't beat the head coach of the Seattle Seahawks, period. And they haven't. They've never been. Pete Carroll is still the head coach of the Seattle Seahawks, even though the teams have changed, even though it's been years, even though we go back to Seneca Wallace. Uh, constant yeah. is Pete by the way I, 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 and, and sean desai knows all his tricks and they just pissed him off you know yeah it's a short forthcoming oh, all that forthcoming so, to so i the last time the eagles beat the pete carroll nfl coach team i was in veteran stadium in 1999 coy detmer was the quarterback the patriots fired pete carroll after the game and started the bill belichick era. yeah by like, the way also long before the tush push Pete Carroll created it with the Bush push yes, of uh, Matt Leinart. Yes. That's Reggie. Uh, exactly right. All right. Uh, always a pleasure, Jeff Card. Thank you very much for jumping in. We'll talk to you again next Monday. Sounds great, guys. Thanks for having me on. Thanks, Jeff. Jeff. here with us from CBSSports.com. The Bush right. push. Yes. Which, why the NFL felt the need to change it back and create this. I guess it's a good thing if you're drawing attention, but uh, I'm not sure. I know it's worked great for the Eagles, so you and I are in complete lockstep. They shouldn't ban it just because the Eagles can do it better than anybody else. That's just BS. But uh, the whole, uh, it, it, they never should have rewritten their rules. All right, uh, we're going to take a quickie timeout, come back. I got a couple more things about the actual game to ask John. And then we're going to have our the buddy game? Brad. Yeah, they're going to actually play a game tonight. Uh, Brad Spielberger, uh, pro football focus, cap analyst, analyst is going to jump in with us. Give us a little bit of a national perspective because I think we could use one with all the moves the Eagles have made. Spielberger up next in about, oh, 12 or 13 minutes here on Birds 365. Any professional sports coach will tell you there's no substitution for preparation. At Malamut & Associates, that is a tenet by which we live. We prepare from day one for victory. Anything less is not acceptable. Go passionately. Go fearlessly. Go confidently. Go birds! <clears throat> Go confidently towards your goals with First Trust. Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction. Go with trust. And go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go birds. Underdog Fantasy has a way for you to play alongside your favorite football team all season long with their fantasy pick'em game. You pick between two to five players, select whether they'll go higher or lower on one of their stats, 
Then do what you usually do on a Sunday. Watch the games. You can win up to 20 times your money in a single game by going five for five. It's a fantasy game, and the sports betting show wants you to get involved. Go to underdogfantasy.com. When you sign up, use the promo code WIN, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com. Use the promo code WIN. You've got Mac and Mac, John McMullen and Jody McDonald here with you on Bird Street 65, a game day Monday. Yes, the Eagles have to play tonight against the Seattle Seahawks out on the uh, Pacific Northwest. Um, I think it's going to be a tricky game. That's just me. We got uh, 40 some odd minutes left and John and I will make a pick on the game before we get out of here. We've talked so much about the defense today because they made the decision yesterday to pull the plug on Sean Desai. I hope it wasn't yesterday, but yeah, technically. Announced that they yeah. had pulled the plug on Sean Desai. And they didn't pull it all the way out. They they pulled it out so the light's no longer on. But they let it dangle there, which is just ridiculous. John and I don't understand that. And the defense has been putrid the last several weeks. But I'm also pointing the finger at the offense, too. Um, our buddy Ruben Frank, or at least my buddy Ruben Frank, um, from Comcast Sportsnet, who... Uh, we would love to have on the show, but he just doesn't feel comfortable coming on the show because of a bunch of different things. Um, but Rube, come on, WIP with me anytime I ask. He does a great uh, Rube's observation column for NBC Sports Philadelphia. And he had another just nugget that I had no idea was actually in play at this time. Don't know if you saw it or not, John. Um, under 400 yards offensively. What does that mean? Well, it's how we rank football teams, right? Offense and defense by how many yards per game they get. That's how the number one rank, the top five rank. It's based on yards per game. That's some people may agree with it. Some people may disagree with it, but it is the most commonly used and accepted term when ranking teams and how they are proficient on either the offensive side or the defense side of the ball. Correct. Would you at least give me that much? Yeah. 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 So 400 yards per game is 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 a standard. You're going to be above it. You're going to be below it. Um, the Philadelphia Eagles have been below 400 yards in their last eight straight games. Eight in a row. It's the third longest such streak in the last 20 years for the Philadelphia Eagles. They've only been longer twice in the last 20 years. And there's been some good teams. And there's been some god-awful teams of the Philadelphia Eagles in the last 20 years. And only two of them have been worse for a lengthy streak of eight straight games of not getting 400 yards. That equates to me. The offense is, is absolutely gone backwards from where it was last year. And what is the major change in the Philadelphia Eagle offense this offseason? The offensive coordinator. I think this team misses... Shane Steichen 
more than they do Jonathan Gannon. Even with the uh, move that they made yesterday to emasculate Sean Desai, I'm telling you, the offense is nearly as bad as the defense. When you comp to and understand the decision they made personnel-wise during this offseason, I'll tell you, the offense is nearly as disappointing as the defense. Well, I, I, you know, you're cutting it off at a certain point, right? I mean, the larger sample size is uh, 13 because, you know, they played 13 games. And over 13 games, contextually, they're eighth in the NFL of 32 teams. Uh, right. But, so, but are we not doing the same for the defense saying that the defense is going to get better because they're playing lousy teams the last four games? But the previous three games, they played San Francisco, Dallas, and Buffalo. Three really good offensive teams. So the defense is going to improve. Yeah, you, you you can cut it off wherever you want to make your argument. I'm using the numbers that Rube gave the last uh, eight weeks. But that's what I'm saying. You're cutting it. Yeah, you, you can use both for the defense and the offense. The offense is going to get better as well over the, past, over the next four games uh, because it's a complimentary game and the defense is going to be better because they're playing crappier teams. So – yeah, I, I mean, and that's one of the problems I it, it, I say all the time. It's it's not a statistical game to begin with. So, but you have to use certain standards. Uh, there's no question about it. But if you go back to, I mean, the Buffalo game, they were pretty good offensively. Uh, I think they ended up with about 380 yards. So who cares? 380, 400. I mean, uh, but it if it fits a particular narrative that somebody wants, they can use it. Um, you know, on the other hand, I think Buffalo had over 500 yards. <laughs> but So, you know, like we talked Jim Swartz, games have personalities. That was a shootout, and they managed to win it. Um, it was a shootout that they still didn't get 400 yards in. Yeah, and they, they yeah, they got 380 or whatever. I'd have to look it up exactly. So, I mean... Is there a grandiose difference between 380 and 400? If you want it to be, I don't think there is. Um, you know, and and but the larger point, and this is, and I'm a big Shane Steichen fan, and you know that. I think Shane is a great play caller, great play caller. He's a better play caller than Nick Sirianni. He's a better play caller than uh, than Brian Johnson. But and Nick will uh, and uh, um, Shane will tell you this is Nick's offense. It was Nick's offense when he was here. It's Nick's offense now. So if you want to blame the offense, blame Nick Sirianni. It's his offense. Um, and he yeah, but he's a CEO oh, coach. Johnny's got to be responsible for both. He is responsible for both, and he takes responsibility to his credit for both. But offensively. Nothing is done without his approval. The game plan is his game plan. So let me, let, I sorry to interrupt you again. Apologies. You don't think that's the same with the defense? You no. think Sean Desai has had free reign this year, or, or would you would not? No, he's under. And, and I, I just asked, ironically, Nick, this question on Saturday, uh, where again, he was either, I'm trying to do, yeah, Saturday. Um, strange week. Um, I asked him the question um, about 
what he wanted to do um, defensively and has anything evolved? Um, has anything changed? And and his approach to the defensive side of the football and what his approach is, is he demands certain things out of his coordinator. But he says all the time, I'm not the defensive expert, but he wants certain things adhered to, most notably explosive plays. His whole thing is if you win the explosive play battle and you win the turnover battle, which I haven't done enough of, you're going to win the game. And history says he's right. If you win those two categories, you're going to win. Something really weird's got to happen for you not to win the game. So he 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 wants to limit explosive plays. He wants situational effectiveness, third downs, which hasn't worked 32nd in the NFL red zone. Um, but he doesn't have his handprints like he has on the offense because that's his expertise. He's the first one to admit it. He hired, he said it this week again, he hired everybody for a reason when he was doubling down on Sean Desai. I hired him for a reason. Yes, he, and and same thing with Jonathan Gannon. Jonathan Gannon had more power than Shane Steichen with the Eagles. Um, Sean Desai has more power or had more power than Brian Johnson with the Eagles because Nick is in control of the offense. And Nick just doesn't want to get bogged down with the play calling. Here's my point on the move that they made yesterday in, in comping the offense to the defense. I would be less inclined to call the move a panic move if yesterday's announcement had been Kevin Petullo has taken over as the play caller and Brian Johnson is still the offensive coordinator and he's going to be somewhere in the building. He might be getting hot dogs for everybody, but he's still the offensive coordinator by title. I would have called it less of a panic move if they had done that with Petullo over Johnson than putting Patricia in instead of uh, Desai. That's just me. All right, he's McMullen on McDonald. I see in our waiting room, we've got our buddy Brad Spielberger from uh, PFF, cap analyst, uh, contributor for Over the Cap as well. Uh, Brad Spielberger, up to join us next here on Birds 365. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. At Pond Lee Hockey, we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients, and we're confident we can do the same for you. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, we've helped over 100,000 injured clients obtain some of the largest settlements in Pennsylvania. One conversation is all it takes to help you and your family get back on track. If you've been injured in an accident, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank.
Underdog Fantasy has a way for you to play alongside your favorite football team all season long with their Fantasy Pick'em game. You pick between two to five players, select whether they'll go higher or lower on one of their stats, then do what you usually do on a Sunday. Watch the games. You can win up to 20 times your money in a single game by going five for five. It's a fantasy game. And the sports betting show wants you to get involved. Go to underdogfantasy.com. When you sign up, use the promo code WIN, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com. Use the promo code WIN. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. For the big story on Action News. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. E-A-G-L-E-S. Eagles. You got Mag and Mac here with you on Birds 365, and we are lucky enough to have Brad Spielberger from Fo 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 Focus uh, hop aboard with us, one of our favorite guys to punch up. Uh, Brad, I want to cut to the chase here. John and I have been debating it all morning. If we all agree that the Philadelphia Eagle defense is not near as good as it was last year, what's changed? If the philosophy is still the same, and we were led to believe that's the case, that John Desai comes in as a Fangio disciple, same as Jonathan Gannon. The coach changed, and a good number of players changed on the defense. If it's a massive drop-off, you guys watch a ton of film, the pro football focus, there's crunch numbers, you come up with analysis. In your analysis, the Eagles' defense has gone backwards as badly as it has, more because of coaching or more because of personnel? More because of the opposing schedule. Uh, not yes. to say I see you. Very unit. good. Thank you very yes. much. Yes. Yeah. Uh, not to say they were a bad unit last year. They still have a lot of talent. Obviously, uh, in both seasons, you know, the sack record, all of those things is great. And, and I do think that, you know, you, you, I mean, think about it, though. Like, who did they really lose of, you know, meaningful value? TJ Edwards has been good in Chicago. You know, there, there are a couple pieces here and there, but you guys know they never really spend at linebacker and retain those players. Uh, they kind of cycle through. It's how they approach it, and it's been fine for a number of years. I think Sean Desai has proven over time. He was in Chicago with no talent to speak of uh, and, and did, a, I thought, a very good job given what he was working with. You know, they, they just, they've been very susceptible over the middle of the field, in the slot, when you're attacking these linebackers putting them in conflict with, you know, crossers and and various <laughs> concepts. So I would say, yeah, I honestly think it's neither. I, I know it's a boring answer. This isn't like an analytics nerd thing, but defense is super random. I, I mean, the Vikings were one of the worst defenses in the NFL last year. They they arguably got worse on paper talent-wise. Oh, they did get worse. They, yeah. they had the best coordinator, though, Brad. Yeah, That's Brian where Flores I would say – yeah, yeah. Now, but even with Brian and Jody knows, I'm in love with Brian Flores. <laughs> I, 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 because he's different. I like different. I don't like the, the how many teams copy the Pangio scheme over the past sure. few seasons. I don't like it. Brian does something different. He's ahead of the curve. However, they blow a big lead to Jake Browning. They blew a lead to Denver. They blew a lead to Justin Fields. They, they don't have talent, and they still lose games. But 
for what he has, he 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 cobbles together a top ten defense, which is astonishing. So I give him a lot of credit for that. And that leads credit. into yeah, that leads into my next question. Um, I think too many people believe coordinators are these guys using joysticks, and it's their fault. It's not Flores' fault his team can't hold up at the end of the games. The talent, you know, sort of uh, comes to the forefront. The old adage, Jimmy's and Joe's, not X's and O's. So you're right about the schedule. I, the one brilliant part of this move, it's everything about it, the Eagles changing coordinators in name only, seems panicky, except – they're getting better over the last month of the season because of the schedule. So Matt Patricia is going to look better, right? He doesn't have to address reporters like me. He's not the defensive coordinator. He's got a press secretary and Sean Desai. It's brilliant from that standpoint. Yeah, no, sure. You bring him in as a, as a you know, consultant and, and maybe he is trying to throw out some different ideas and do things differently. He obviously comes from a philosophy that is very, very different than the Vic Fangio tree. Maybe they play more, more, more man coverage and uh, more single high safety looks, do different things than what's been happening so far this season with the side. But no, that is a good point. You get the intervention fallacy, which is it's not going to look vastly improved when in reality they're going to play a bunch of bad teams. Um, and that'll be more of the, the difference there. But, yeah, you know, I, I thought it was interesting. But you also, you do want to shake things up. I think it does look a little bit panicky. But, you know, I, for all we know, he has been throwing some different ideas at the wall, and they just feel they have to try something because they, they've been struggling pretty much all year long. All right. We know that Darius Slay is not going to play for the Eagles tonight. I have arthroscopic surgery. How many weeks he's going to miss to be determined. They surely didn't put him on IR. They hope he's back finish out the regular season, certainly for the playoffs. How have those potential replacements for the Philadelphia Eagles tonight graded out so far this year? No limited for some of them, the Keeley Ringos of the world, but Ricks has played. Some have played in the slot night. Some have played outside. Uh, Josh Job has played. He was a key guy early, kind of fell down the depth chart, now could be back in the mix. How have the Eagles' DBs, who are going to be tasked to replace Darius Slay, oh, by the way, far and away their best corner all year, uh, how how should Eagle fans be thinking the guys are going to be able to step in and uh, not miss a beat with Darius Slay out of the lineup? Yeah, very poorly. Uh, both both Ricks and Joby have gra uh, coverage grades below 45, uh, which is very, very bad. Uh, you know, and then... You know, I think Ringo, you, you saw last week when he came in for a, a spot, couple reps, you saw why he's not really playing um, in very limited, you know, time, just made a couple mistakes and uh, got beat a couple times and, and was very quickly back out of the lineup. So, yeah, I mean, it, I think it all traces back to, to like you lose Avante Maddox. And I think we're seeing the importance of having a solidified slot corner. You know, you obviously try James Bradbury there. You're trying a bunch of different things there. And it's just been tough. Like that in particular has been their weak spot. We talked about it last week going into a, a game against CeeDee Lamb and the Dallas Cowboys. Like slot receivers are destroying this Eagles team. And they pretty much have all season long. So, yeah, it, it's going to continue to be tough sledding. But at the end of the day, that, that's kind of you know how this thing is built. And they need the defensive line to get home with more consistency, more regularity. And that, that's that's the answer. That's the counter. Um. Uh, we'll get back to the Eagles, but I want to ask you this question because I saw Brock Purdy. And by the way, Brad, uh, Jody is 
ground floor on Brock Purdy. So he deserves credit for Brock Purdy. Um, probably the leader to be the MVP now that Dak Prescott kind of crapped the bed in, in Buffalo. Um, to, to Brock's credit, he said Christian McCaffrey should be the MVP, which I agree with because I, I say to Jody all the time, Brock's having a tremendous season, but he's not even the MVP on his own team. If Christian McCaffrey wins that award in this environment, how good of a season is that for a running back where nobody cares about running backs in this league, it seems? Yeah, no, it's, it's a great point, right? It's so hard to win that thing as a non-quarterback, and now in 2023 to win it as a running back is, like, borderline impossible. So, yeah, I mean, Purdy, I think, is, like, minus 200 now in, in, in betting odds, and obviously that doesn't tell you what's going to happen. So it would be <clears> remarkable. I mean, he already has 20 touchdowns now. He's tied with Raheem Mostert on the season, another Niners legendary back. Um, yeah. I think he would need to win that out and have, like, 25-plus touchdowns, be the leader there for the NFL. And the thing with him, too, is – you know, you would – we hear this adage all the time, oh, he's not just a running back, he's also a receiver. It applies to about 5% of the guys that get said about. It does actually apply to Christian McCaffrey. He can legitimately run routes out of the slot and out wide. He has a route tree. He can make guys miss in space, obviously, after the catch, as well as anyone. So, you know, he is a weapon. He's a true, you know, all-around weapon, not just running back. But, yeah, nevertheless, he, he's going to win the rushing title, it looks like. Maybe have the most touchdowns in the NFL – be up there for receiving yards by running back. I mean, yeah, maybe maybe Brock's onto something, but I think they'll give it to Purdy. And I will say this: like, do I think Brock Purdy, like him winning an NFL MVP award, is going to look great in the annals of history? Like, probably not. But he's not as bad as people are saying. Like, he's been he's been good. He's been elevating out parts of this offense. Yes, he's driving a Lamborghini and has Kyle Shanahan and all these weapons. But Purdy has been good. Quick question for you. Did you ever say that about Tom Brady when he was taking down his MVPs? Doesn't look good for the league. Sixth round draft pick. They don't really need not because you say it about status. Brady. You can <laughs> say it about his... Brady, but you didn't say it about Brady. I'm not. It's not his draft status has nothing to do with it. But Tom Brady's winning those awards, throwing to five foot nine undrafted white slot receivers, and, <laughs> and you know Brock Purdy is doing it throwing to a bunch of all pros with the best left tackle maybe ever and the best play caller maybe ever. Uh, so, no, I hear you. I hear you. But no, I don't care. Did, I miss, did I miss Shanahan Super Bowl victories? He should have had, 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 had one. one. Yeah, he, he should have had, had one. one. Oh, my should've God. You know what? I should have had all six numbers in Powerball last night. No. I didn't, so I got squatta, but I should have had them. I I, there. I hear you. I hear you. But he's also the reason Brock Purdy's the MVP. So, you know, yeah. you can't you can't have both sides of the coin there. Yeah. <laughs> Kyle is tremendous. I mean, you know, how many people check? Kyle, Kyle is phenomenal. Play gaming. Now, game management, I got some issues with Kyle sure. Shannon. But place gaming, yeah, everybody else is fighting for second place. Uh, I think that's fair. Um, I, I So NFL as a whole, uh, I think – this is the time of year. We saw it in Buffalo, Brad. I always, Jody has heard me say this. Nobody cares about the running game until they have to care about the running game, which is basically late in the season in the Northeast, Midwest, if there's an outdoor game. Um, and all of a sudden people are like, oh man, we can't stop the run. I think Dallas had that moment yesterday and said, oh man, if we're not playing from the lead, um, we got some issues, so many undersized bodies. Does it surprise you 
that somebody I talked about it with Flores a little bit. Somebody hasn't said, look, everybody's playing 210 pound guys. There's a lot of teams playing three safeties, undersized bodies all over the place on defense. Why isn't somebody said, all right, pendulums coming the other way. I'm going to get a fullback. I'm going to, I'm going to ram it down people's throats. Is it just because the margin of error is too small? So the Ravens, I think, have to a degree done that. And also the Patriots, I do think, tried to just go heavy, you know, 350-pound guards, run a gap scheme, and just try to out-physical you. They just have zero talent on offense in any way, shape, or form. So, like, I do think there's been a little bit of that. But there probably should be more. Uh, you know, I hear you, right? You're playing all these teams in dime looks and and big dime with three safeties. I mean, the Cowboys are playing a bunch of safeties at linebacker now. Like, you have yeah. Marquise Bell and Juan Thomas yeah. and these guys that are – 210 pounds that are their starting, you know, linebackers. And you saw, I mean, there was a play where Deion Dawkins, the left tackle for the Bills, drove Wanya Thomas 20 yards downfield uh, on, a, on a run where James Cook, like, ended up at the goal line. So, yeah, no, it's, it's, it's a fair question. And obviously, Buffalo, we wouldn't put in that bucket. But I think Joe Brady has realized that offensive line is playing really well right now. Mitch Moore's healthy at center. Connor, uh, Connor McGovern, their addition at left guard from Dallas. Like, they've been playing some bully ball. And Cook has been really, really good the last month. So, I think we are going to see that counter punch. I would say the reason maybe we don't see it as often um, is because that style of offensive lineman, like, doesn't exist in college football anymore That's either. True, there are some. That's true. Yeah, you can yeah. go to some schools that still do it. Michigan obviously still does it. But – 295-pound zone offensive linemen are, are who you're drafting. Um, but, yeah, I think we'll see more of it as, as time goes on. All right. John mentioned about the Buffalo Bills running the ball down the Dallas Cowboys' throats. Nod to the Buffalo Bills for coming in ready to do that yesterday. Uh, but the defense also played pretty damn well for the Buffalo Bills yesterday. Cowboys got an, oh, by the way, touchdown. It was 31-3 to at one point. It just complete blowout. And I'm checking the box score, and C.D. Lamb had 10 targets yesterday. For 53 yards. But we saw what he did against the Eagles. Not once, twice this year. He lit them up. A guy who I tried to employ the Eagles to acquire was Russell Douglas, who was available on the open market. The Packers were making him available. The Bills got him for the equivalency of a fourth-round draft pick. How did uh, Douglas match up yesterday in the slot against C.D. Lamb? Looks to me like he shut him down. How has he played and graded out since he became a Buffalo Bill? So he does play some in the slot. I, I think you probably saw more Teron Johnson, and yeah. Douglas got him when he, he came outside. But <laughs> well, I saw him so, play yeah. him on a couple of plays yesterday. Absolutely. No, definitely. No, he definitely did. He definitely did. You're not, you're not wrong. He does have the inside-outside ability. Did it in Green Bay as well. He's been exceptional. Mm -hmm. his, his grade for this pass game is not out yet, but I'm imagining it's going to be strong, and he'll have an 85-plus coverage grade since he joined the Buffalo Bills at the deadline. Yeah, no, he, he's been awesome. He was a perfect fit in the zone-heavy scheme in Buffalo. And I do think that inside-outside ability, you know, like the, like the Eagles have tried with the James Bradbury, for example, like it's been huge in a lot of matchups for them where they're facing some teams recently, even if it's a tight end like a Travis Kelsey in Buffalo, they're facing teams where a top target is a guy that primarily lines up inside. But no, he's been, he's had ball production, he's been sticky in coverage. Uh, it, it's been as seamless a transition for a DB, you know, at the deadline as, as I've seen in a while. Sometimes like defensive linemen show up and it's like, hey, go tackle the quarterback. Like it's harder for a DB to come in and learn a whole scheme and all that. And it's been seamless for him since from him since day one. So are you suggesting that the Eagles would be better off tonight having Russell Douglas play outside replacing 
uh, Darius Slay than Rick well, or Ringo. Be. Okay, I, I would I would certainly time. say that is the case. Yes. How he swung and missed on that one. I'm sorry. He was out there to be had. They they, they bring back uh, the kid from the Pittsburgh. Why am I forget Joshua uh, Scott? Uh, they bring him back from the Pittsburgh practice squad. Josiah Scott. Josiah Scott. Yeah, they they could have used a guy like uh, Douglas. No, I don't think it's been updated. I think the more impressive thing about Rasul, Rasul's playing great, um, but I don't think you guys updated. But coming into that game, anytime you're following somebody around like C.D. Lamb, that tells you um, how well Rasul is playing. But uh, you guys had him at 758 snaps out wide. 18 in the slot. Um, so he has not been playing in the slot until uh, that year he did in Green Bay. But then Green Bay moved him outside. He's an outside corner. I'll just say about how he wasn't looking for an outside corner. He was looking for a nickel corner. Yeah, now that Darius Slay is hurt, but you can't project Darius Slay being hurt. So they weren't looking for an outside corner, but Rasul's a very good player. So those two things are not mutually exclusive. And I think he's had a tremendous career. But I do think people in Philadelphia forget he had a bunch of stops before the light turned on for him uh, in Green Bay. So it wasn't just the Eagles that gave up on Rasul Douglas. But props to him for uh, getting back and having uh, a really solid, uh, um, you know, start. he's a great corner now. He's really developed. And I'm not sure, by the way, the Eagles develop corners all that well. As we're seeing with Kaylee Ringo and Josh Job and everybody else and Eli Ricks. But I'll bring it back to Seattle. We got so many backup quarterbacks, Brad. Um, who's been the most impressive to you? Is it as simple as Jake Browning? Because that was a standalone game. I got to see he throws it a lot along the line of scrimmage. Um, we talked about Kyle scheming people up. I think Zach Taylor's doing a great thing there. But he's been very impressive. Is it more the bells and whistles, or has he been the best backup forced into play? The screen game has been huge for them. They've, they've had a lot of production from even Jamar Chase on quick outs. Chase Brown, their rookie running back, has been good. But uh, it'll come out later today. I'll probably tweet it out. His uh, you know stats on throws 10-plus yards downfield have been exceptional this month. It's not just the underneath game. Even yesterday, I want to say he was – it's like 10 of 15 for 200 yards and, and a touchdown, the one to T. Higgins. And so Jamar Chase leaves that game with a couple minutes to go in the third quarter – and he still is driving the football down the field, spreading it around Tyler Boyd, T. Higgins. The tight ends were getting involved. He's been exceptional. And, I, and I'll be honest, like I remember watching him play a ton at Washington. I did not think this was going to go particularly well in Cincinnati uh, at all. And he's been awesome. So, yeah, it's probably him. You've had the journeyman, you know, the Gardeners, the, the former Eagle and, and Gardner Minshew, who have been very, very solid. But like right now, Jake Browning is legitimately elevating a Bengals offense. And, and the reason for this recent win streak are one of the reasons. Um, so, yeah, he, he's been really impressive. I Before the season started, I kind of put the Seattle Seahawks on a pedestal, which they haven't earned. I thought they were going to be the third best team in the NFC, Cowboy, uh, 49ers, Eagles, and then maybe Seattle. They're below 500. A uh, lot of reasons for it. One of which is the defense, which I thought was going to be significantly better this year. And they went out and made a major addition on the defensive line at the trade deadline. 
and it hasn't paid dividends. What's wrong with the Seattle defense? Is it the fact that Sean Desai is no longer there? Could that be the reason that the Seattle defense has been massively underachieving? Give me your read on why Seattle's defense has been disappointing, at least for me. I was right there with you. I picked them as a, a sneaky team to win the division, and obviously that that, that was never going to happen. Um, yeah, the defense has been terrible. Uh, I mean, their safeties have been really, really bad. Jamal Adams, there's a couple snaps a week. You see him in coverage, just lost. Um, yeah. The guy is basically like a blitzing, like, off-ball linebacker. linebacker at this yep. point. He can't cover anything. Um, even Quandre Diggs is at a down year. Devin Witherspoon, love the guy, fun player, fun to the line of scrimmage, is getting picked on on a weekly basis in coverage, too. That'll get better. I have full faith he'll, he'll become a really good NFL player. But right now in coverage, he's not good. Um, you know, Jordan Brooks has been has been good. Coming back from the ACL tear has been remarkable. But, you know, still a guy you can you can pick on. Bobby Wagner, good run defender, good sideline to sideline. Not the coverage player he once was. And the last key piece is really – the defensive line loses Uchenna and Wosu, their best pass rusher by a comfortable margin on the edge. Um, Boye mafia has been good, kind of a second-year breakout type player, but they just don't get pressure consistently enough at all. Dray- Draymond Jones, you pay him a ton of money in free agency. He's been average. Uh, Leonard Williams, you know, I get the trade of the deadline, I suppose. The price was way, way too high. You know, but I get trying to address your biggest weakness, which I think was on the interior. He's actually been good. Um, it just hasn't mattered. So, yeah, it, it's the defense. And then the tackle's been hurt pretty much all year long. But I wouldn't really blame Gino. It's just, yeah, the defense has been just k- losing games for them on a, on a ne- nearly weekly basis. Yep. So we might be talking the over tonight. The terrible <laughs> yeah. defense versus terrible defense. You you had mentioned Gardner Minshew a little bit earlier. Um if Indianapolis finishes this thing off and Jacksonville's taken on water and they win that division, is Shane Steichen going to be the coach of the year? Because they're not giving it to, you know, they might consider Mike McDaniel. You know, they're not giving it to Sirianni or or anybody who's expected to do um, good things. So maybe Dan Campbell, maybe Mike McDaniel's taking the step forward. But I gotta, I I gotta give strong consideration to Shane Steichen. Yeah, absolutely, 110%. And he is you know, right in the mix right now, top five in odds uh, for that award, and he should be. I mean, it's been remarkable what they've done. Lean into the RPO game, lead the NFL in RPO rate by about 6%, 7%. Um, a completely different offense, but you go from an Anthony Richardson to a Gardner Minshew. The offensive line's all playing better. You're getting a career out of Michael Pittman. <clears throat> the rookie in Josh Downs has been great. Like, yeah, he, he's been as good with the talent he has as any coach in the NFL in third and fourth downs, high leverage moments, um, like all these various facets where you kind of think, okay, like a lot of credit here should go to the coach. Um, he, he's been great. So it'll be interesting. There's a lot of coaches in that bucket. Like Kevin Stefanski has been battling horrible quarterback yeah. injuries all yeah. year long. Exactly. Yeah. That's exactly where he's going. Thank you yeah. very much, Brad. Nobody's yeah. mentioned Stefanski. They yeah. got three winnable games left. Yeah. They're probably not going to catch the Ravens, so they're not going to win a division, but uh, Cleveland with uh, how many different quarterbacks? Have yeah, they that's this a good year? choice. That's a good choice. Um, the one thing I would say working against him is Jim Schwartz comes in and the defense goes from a bottom five unit to a top five unit. And so I think yeah. maybe people will give give him more credit for that than Stefanski. But he's been great too, though. The offense has been really lose Nick Chubb, lose all the quarterbacks. Wow, I didn't even. They were bottom five. The Cleveland oh, their defense, defense was horrible last year. Yeah, they yeah, were terrible. Horrible last Holy year. Holy yeah. man. Um, 
And, and getting credit to him, though, he is the head coach. He fired the coordinator, as he should have, and Joe Woods and replaced him with a, with a great coach in Jim Schwartz. Um, you know, you're seeing other teams not do that. Uh, you know, like a Matt Canada in Pittsburgh, like a Joe Barry in Green Bay, who who just got bullied yesterday by oh. the Buccaneers. So, oh. but yeah, um, I think uh, I, it's a good point how, like, you never give it to a coach that you think deserves it. I wonder if, like, a Shanahan or McDaniel can still just break through and win it. Um, because there are so many of those coaches where it's like, yeah, they battled injuries and and they're a wild card plucky team. Yeah. It's like, yeah, but also Kyle Shanahan's team might be the most dominant team in the league. We'll, we'll, we'll see. Yeah. Uh, all right. Last one for me at PFF underscore Brad. Brad Spielberger does a tremendous job. Uh, read him at Pro Football Focus over the cap. Best contract guy in the business. So as you get ready for uh, free agency, keep an eye on his contract predictions. So many of those are right. I'm very impressed by that, Brad, by the way. Um, I I, I, I got to talk about your club, the Chicago Bears. Well, I don't know what, I, I don't know what to do if I'm Chicago. It's like Justin Fields, I think, would be so much better with a different coaching staff and a, a, a better offensive mind. And do I really want to start over again with uh, Caleb Williams or Drake May? Is it that much better? How much have they? How, how much have have they set Justin Fields back? Or you know, some people say you should keep Everflus. I can't imagine. And 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 Luke Getzey, I can't go that route. What are the Chicago Bears going to be? They're so interesting because they have two of the top picks in the draft. Yeah, two top five picks as of right now. With a big a big loss yesterday to Cleveland. Yeah, I mean, look, did they set him back? Absolutely. He had the worst supporting cast in the NFL in 2021. I would say even worse than like what Bryce Young is dealing with right now. Um, and, and so then, you know, 2022 was marginally better, but still not great. Yesterday's first half, I think, was one of the better halves of football I've seen him play. Um, getting the ball a bit faster, throwing over the intermediate, throwing over the middle of the field. I mean, he should have had a touchdown of Robert Tunney. He had an awful drop. Tyler Scott, the rookie, had an awful drop in this game. I mean, Darnell Mooney probably should have won the game on the Hail yeah, Mary. Yeah. You know, obviously kind of a fluky random play, but he still probably should have caught the ball and won the game. So it's it's interesting. It's not – on the football field, I could see the argument for sticking with him. It's just about contracts, right? It's like he's going into his fifth-year option decision this offseason. If Carolina gives you the first or second overall pick, you just have to reset the counter and attack now and say – now we're going to give a guy a phenomenal surrounding circumstance. You had DJ Moore. You add a, you know, Malik Neighbors, Romeo Dunze type player with your own pick. The offensive line, I think, actually is playing good football now, finally, that they're healthy. Um, you just have to. But, yeah, I mean, Luke gets eaten. No, he, he's gone. Fire him into the sun. Um, credit to <laughs> Iberflus. He, he, the defense has been legitimately good the last six, eight weeks. Yeah. Like they really have. Um, and it's a lot of young players developing before our eyes. I just there, there's a ceiling, right? He lost he lost in the game. He, he's conservative, and a lot of these close losses they've had have been his fault. So I, I think he's a good developer of talent. There's just there's just a limited ceiling in what he can accomplish. I think you're going to see new quarterback, new new coaching staff, and, and just start this whole thing over. Hopefully for the last time, but way more draft picks, way more cap space. Like Fields, what what he inherited was was a disaster. The new kid's going to inherit a pretty good situation. Now, as they say, film don't lie. So I'm going to ask you to go to the film, Mr. PFF. Um, if we uh, put the NFC aside, if we say that Baltimore has been the best team on the field in the AFC, 
Kansas City is Kansas City. They take up almost permanent resident in the Super Bowl. If we make them the two best teams in the AFC as of right now, and I'm not locking that in, I'm just saying today, yeah, you might rate them one, two. Buffalo or Miami? They'll play week 17 and they'll answer it themselves on the field. But I'm asking you right here, right now, where they rank, where they've what they've accomplished, how they look on film. If I had to ask you who is the best team in the AFC right now, if it's between Buffalo and Miami, who would you take? I would take Buffalo even if you include Kansas City and Baltimore. Buffalo is the best team in the AFC right now. Um, and, and I think, you know, that you look at the two schedules going you forward. They have lose a, to the Patriots this year, right? <laughs> they did lose to the Patriots this year, which is, which is hard to accomplish. Uh, lost to the Jets, too. So, yeah, I mean, going forward, there, there's a chance they can still somehow win the AFC East if they win out and if Miami loses one of – I think it's Dallas and Baltimore they have left and then lose to Buffalo in that week 18 game you mentioned. So, and I think it's possible. I think it's very, very possible. That is what happens. I'm with you, but uh, I'll say this, Brad, I think it's a little recency bias because they looked so impressive yesterday. I'm like, damn, I don't want to play Buffalo, but yeah, but they honestly could have beat Philly, you know, Uh, you know, credit to Philly for coming back in that game, but they could have won that game. They they go into Kansas city and probably should have won by more than just a field goal there. It is recency bias. There's no question about it. They just blew out Dallas. That's in my mind, but the offense has been good the entire season. We talk MVP. He's not going to win it. But frankly, Josh Allen's probably been the best. The most oh, he's, the best. In the NFL this he's the most difficult player to stop. But, yeah. you know, yeah. he's too reckless. If he could just yeah. get that under control, he's the most difficult player in the NFL to stop. And well, I don't think it's sure. particularly close, to yeah. be honest. No, I'm yeah. with you. I'm with you. So, so yeah, I'll take Buffalo. They're going to they're gonna sneak in, and I think they have a legit chance to just get hot at the right time and, and end up in the Super Bowl, which is funny. Because they've been like presumptive favorite, one or two seed, and they can't make it make it happen. Now I think they're going to be like a six seed and, and make the Super Bowl. Yeah, two weeks yeah. ago they were six and six and worried about if they're even going to get yeah. in the dance before they're still got to be worried. Yeah, yeah, still got to be worried. It could go negative. Not a big Sean McDermott game manager guy. That thirteen seconds will live in my head forever. His yeah. too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you'll get over it, John. Sean won't. Uh, Brad, great stuff. Always a pleasure. We appreciate it. Whenever you do jump in with, thank you very much. We will get you back up again before the playoffs hit. Thank Sounds you, great. Brad. Thank you, guys. Appreciate Brad it. Spielberger from uh, PFF, uh, cap analyst, analyst, and also contributor over the cap.com. All right, McDonald and McMullen, you got Mac and Mac coming back to put a bow on the show. Professional sports coach will tell you there's no substitution for preparation. At Malamut and Associates, that is a tenet by which we live. 
We prepare from day one for victory. Anything less is not acceptable. Go passionately. Go fearlessly. Go confidently. Go first! <clears throat> Go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years, and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction. Go with trust. Go first! And go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go birds. Underdog Fantasy has a way for you to play alongside your favorite football team all season long with their Fantasy Pick'em game. You pick between two to five players, select whether they'll go higher or lower on one of their stats, then do what you usually do on a Sunday. Watch the games. You can win up to 20 times your money in a single game by going five for five. It's a fantasy game, and the sports betting show wants you to get involved. Go to underdogfantasy.com. When you sign up, use the promo code WIN, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com. Use the promo code WIN. Running out of time. Hey, you got Bill Cullen. We don't come up next with the power hour. Hi, Johnny Mac. It's prediction time. Uh, we used to do this on Fridays because Eagles play on Sunday. But once again, the Eagles on an off night. It would be Monday night, and a whole bunch of stuff has come down leading into this game tonight. <clears throat> Last week before, Jalen got sick. Slay had his knee operated on, and they decided to swap out their defensive coordinator in week 14. <laughs> I was solidly in the Eagles corner and thought they were going to win the game and, and probably cover as well. I'm not near as positive. I'm not near as sure. I, I think it's a stone cold toss up tonight. And if they don't revert to doing what they do best, which is run the football. I know they've got AJ. I know they've got the Devon- Jalen. We don't know. He might play and not be a hundred percent. If the he's probably Eagles, not going to be, I was told he's probably not going to be a hundred percent. So yeah. might play, but not going to be a hundred percent by yeah. game time. I yeah. I believe that. Um, do you have faith that DeAndre Swift gets seventeen carries tonight? Uh, tell me the score. I'm very consistent, Jody. Tell me the score in the second half. Tell me the score at the start of the fourth quarter. I will tell you if he goes over seventeen. Um, yeah. It's very consistent, and that's why I don't I don't deviate from that. It has to do with the the game and where the game is. I would say the the one thing that would guarantee it at the kickoff uh, to go over seventeen is Jalen Hurts not playing. <clears throat> so if you want him to be over seventeen, hope Jalen Hurts is too sick to Marcus play. Marcus under center, yeah. all right. That I would guarantee it. Uh, other than that, I would say, are they? Ahead by 10 points, he's going to go uh, over 17. I was going to say way over, but I don't think they'd like to give him, you know, 30 touches if 
if at all possible. Uh, but they're going to run the ball a lot. Uh, Kenny will be involved. Boston will be involved. Unfortunately, Rashad will not be involved in his return to Seattle. Oh, you shut um, that theory down, huh? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, yeah, it, it has to do with the game and, and how the game is going. And and they need to run the ball effectively. So just add that word to it and everybody can use it. Run the ball effectively needs to be a part of their offense. All right, J-Mac, give me a score tonight. Um, Yeah, I think they're going to win the game. Um, now, this is all hinged. I believe Jalen's going to play. I don't think he made the trip to not play. Um, Seattle, as Brad pointed out, you pointed out, defensively struggling mightily. Not a good team right now. Geno Smith, even if he plays, is not healthy. Um, I, I, I think the the move to Matt Patricia will give the short term bump, uh, um, uh, and we'll see how it works out long term. Uh, but I think they're going to win the game pretty easily. 30, 31 to twenty. Is my new assumption. Wow, you've got them winning by double digits. All right, that's uh, that's that's confidence. I like it. I got none. What <laughs> what what'd you say? The thirty-one to twenty. Thirty-one twenty. Yeah. I think one of the two teams will score thirty-one points tonight, and I think it'll be Seattle. Kaylee Ringo, bang! Uh, I went after. Him. Yes, thirty-one thirty Seattle. High-scoring affair. Eagles will score tonight, and I think they will run the ball. Not as much as I would like, would like, but I think they will run the ball. I think it'll be a back-and-forth affair. I just hope I'm wrong, and Jake Elliott gets a chance to win the game. Because if he does, Jake's Jake. He's going to make the kick. I fear that's not going to be the case. I fear that Seattle will have the ball late and be able to kill the clock at 31-30 rather than the Eagles get one last chance to steal victory. Is it going to be a walk-off from uh, former Jet Jason Myers? Um, No, I think it'll be a Sirianni's got to use his timeouts to try and, and, and Seattle will actually be able to move it against that and, and run out the clock against the not ready for Matt Patricia primetime Eagles defense. That's the pencil, baby. Remember, last time yeah. I talked about Matt, I saw him in Los Angeles coming down the elevator. He had a binder the size of Seattle. Uh, who knew he was plotting? Okay, uh, let's see how the plot works out tonight. Will the plot thicken? Well, for sure, you're going to get Mac and Mac back here. Uh, Jay Mack will be on the post pre and post game stuff uh, tonight right here on the Jacob Media YouTube channel. And right back here, Mac and Mac Birds 365 and 2 and 2. You've been listening to Birds 365, the destination for the passionate Eagles football fan who bleeds green. If it's Eagles football, we're talking about it. Debate inside the locker room and guests that are some of the greatest football minds from around the region. We hope you enjoyed the show. We know we had a blast. Make sure to like, comment, and subscribe. And we'll be back soon. But in the meantime, hook up with us on social media at Jacob Sports. See you next time on Birds 365. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. 
Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.